Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Fastball Show. Brought to you by JohnPinelli.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. And unfortunately, a little bit under the weather, but going to knock it out today. And apologize for the voice not being so solid. Um, we got a game plan. We're going to go after it. Uh, probably about maybe 20, 30 minutes today. We're going to talk about stuff going on in the world of baseball, sports, and unified America. And once again, I apologize for the, uh, you know, the, the down voice. But I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk a little bit about the Super Bowl in a little bit and its history and the two teams that are involved in it. I think you spend too much time on Super Bowl Sunday having people break, break down all aspects of the game. You obviously have a week that just went by where the media probably did everything it possibly could to try to make a story out of nothing. I mean, how many times was that defensive back for the Los Angeles Rams interviewed and asked about the same thing? How many times were Sean Payton and Drew Brees asked about that play that happened in the NFC Championship game just to kind of try to go out of your way to, to get different answers with different versions of the same thing that happened? I mean, how many times are you going to go over the same thing? The media at some point has to understand that the story is only going to go as far as it possibly can. And I understand the New Orleans Saints are pissed off. I understand that they lost the game in a way where they probably should not have lost the game. They're going to be pissed off about it. Sean Payton and Drew Brees and all these other people that are involved with the New Orleans Saints from the owner on down are all going to be pretty pissed off when it comes to what happened in the NFC Championship game and how that pass interference penalty was not called. The problem is, is that the media feels like if they ask the question in a different way or the same question a hundred times, they're going to get some kind of different perspective that they weren't going to get before. And I'm actually glad that we finally made it this Sunday. The two weeks that have gone by which I've said are two of the most boring weeks in sports, get you set for what's going to be probably the most boring month of the entire year. You know, just be glad it's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the first thing that I wanted to bring up today was uh, I, I had to put some, give a little perspective into the recent deal that the New York Knicks made because I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking basketball on this show. But I do think, number one, that the New York Knicks did something good here. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily understanding what the NBA owes to the New York Knicks when it comes to them being a competitive team and then being one of the top teams in the NBA. If the Knicks at some point are going to do that, they're going to do that because they earned it. They're going to get better players. Kristaps Porzingis traded to the Dallas Mavericks, a player that the Knicks were expected to possibly build their franchise around. They made a decision, and it was time to move in a, in a different direction. They brought in Dennis Smith Jr. They cleared some cap space by trading Tim Hardaway Jr. And they were able to get themselves in a position where through free agency, they could get themselves two max players for next season. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that. 
You also have the tanking situation that's going on now. Worst record in the NBA. Very likely to have one of the top three picks, if not the first overall pick in the NBA draft. So you, you grab two max players, one of the top three picks in next year's draft, a couple role players, and all of a sudden you have a competitive basketball team. This is something that, if you're a New York Knicks fan, you've been starved for for the better part of the past decade or two. You really have to go back to the 1990s to where the Knicks were a legitimately competitive team. And it's got to be frustrating to you as a fan. The one thing that I do have to say, and I know Knicks fans aren't going to agree with me with this, but this expectation, because it's New York City, because Madison Square Garden is considered the mecca, that all of a sudden the NBA owes anything to the New York Knicks. They don't. And the Knicks have been poorly run for a while and are getting the results that they deserve from having a poor operation. So I don't feel bad for the Knicks. If you're a Knicks fan, you can feel bad for the Knicks. They've been poorly run. They've had bad players. They've had bad coaches. They've had a bad front office. And obviously, if you're a Knicks fan, you know what you probably feel about your ownership. It hasn't been good over the last several years. But this thought that just because it's New York City, just because it's Madison Square Garden, who is owed anything? Half of the fans that show up at Madison Square Garden are there because they're given tickets. Let's not fool ourselves here. Let's not talk about something that Madison Square Garden is filled up with diehard Knicks fans that can't wait to see a basketball game. They're not going out to see this garbage. Madison Square Garden is not getting filled up of people that want to see the worst team in the NBA. They're not that good of fans. They're not that diehard of fans that they can't wait to fill up Madison Square Garden. People fill up the garden because people give away free tickets. Corporations basically own that building. It's a place you take somebody. So the, the fact that you know, all these starved New York Knicks fans that haven't seen a championship since, you know, 1970s are still showing up at Madison Square Garden in spite of the team being so bad. That's a bunch of baloney. The corporations own the garden. Madison Square Garden's going to fill up if they decided not to have a game there. If they decided to make it a game between two prep school teams in Wyoming, Madison Square Garden would fill up. So this thought that New York City, the Mecca, these people that are diehard fans that show up at the Garden, game in and game out, deserve to see something better. Once again, it's a bunch of blood. But in regards to what the Knicks are doing, I think there comes a time where you want to try to believe that something can change. We've spent the better part of the past decade watching players come in here, and we know most NBA players are overpaid, but players being paid a certain amount of money just to fill the New York Knicks in their salary cap. They haven't built anything worth watching here in a while. And moving the contracts that they did, centering themselves up to where they can get two max players if they want, Perhaps a Kevin Durant, perhaps a Kyrie Irving, perhaps a Kawhi Leonard. 
you have to be as optimistic as a Knicks fan as you've been in a long time. And I think they're in a very good spot. I don't think the NBA is there for their taking. I think you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to convince a Durant to come here. They're going to have to convince a second star player to come here. But most importantly, they're going to have to surround those players with good quality NBA role players. Look at, you know, the San Antonio Spurs over the several years. Those, the NBA championships they won. The Golden State Warriors. The Cavs in heat under LeBron. The important role players make a big difference in a team being just a playoff team and an NBA championship caliber team. This is the famous Budweiser beer. We know of no brand produced by any other brewer that costs so much to brew and age. Our exclusive Beachwood Aging produces a taste, a smoothness, and drinkability you'll find in no beer at any cost. So the Los Angeles Rams getting set to play the New England Patriots. And if you're listening to this after Sunday, either the Los Angeles Rams beat the New England Patriots or the New England Patriots beat the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl number 53. And honestly, whoop de doo There's going to be a lot of analysis before the game. There's going to be a ton of analysis after the game. The Super Bowl we know is the most watched sporting event in the entire country. Nobody is going to be glued to the TV or at least have their television on more than during the Super Bowl when it comes to any sort of sporting event. The New England Patriots are playing in their record 11th Super Bowl. And let's, you know, for those of you that aren't as familiar with it, the Super Bowl started in 1967 when the AFL and the NFL the two football leagues, the professional football leagues, merged and became one. So pro football existed for many, many years before the invention of the Super Bowl. And remember, it was considered a big game or a world championship game or a pro football championship game for the first couple of years. The word Super Bowl wasn't uh, put out there until, I believe, Super Bowl three when the Jets beat the Prior to that, the AFL had existed since 1960. In fact, the first two AFL champions were the Houston Oilers, led by George Blanda, the quarterback. The NFL traces back to the 19-teens and was prolific in the 1920s. It has been around for a very long time, but in the Super Bowl era, you look at the New England Patriots who have a chance if they win to win their sixth Super Bowl, tying themselves with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, they have as many Super Bowl wins as the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, nobody has been to the Super Bowl out of the 53 of them more than the New England Patriots have. Now you look at the Los Angeles Rams, who won their only Super Bowl in St. Louis in 1999 made it to another Super Bowl before that. So this is their fourth Super Bowl. They obviously lost a year later against the New England Patriots. The only time that these two teams have played in a Super Bowl were when the Patriots and Adam Vinatieri beat the Los Angeles Rams, I'm sorry, the St. Louis Rams in 2000. An interesting thing that I want to throw in there as a caveat. And this is the only thing that I'm going to go futuristic because 
the game as it's being played will either will be done today. One of the teams will have won. The other team will have lost. And obviously all the talk will be about what happened in the game. I think it will be extremely ironic if the Los Angeles Rams win this game. I'm going to give you a preview in a little bit. But the Los Angeles Rams, who are obviously in St. Louis, played the New England Patriots. And the Patriots' first Super Bowl in this recent run. So the first Super Bowl that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady made it to, they played the Los Angeles, sorry, St. Louis Rams in 2000. And obviously they won. They won four more Super Bowls, made it to now eight others. It would be extremely ironic if the last Super Bowl that the New England Patriots got to in the Belichick-Brady era was against the same team that they started out in some 18 or 19 years ago. It's been a hell of a run by Belichick and Brady, and I know they, especially Brady, builds off the fuel, the fire of the thought that people are dismissing the Patriots every single year. Listen, they deserve a ton of credit. They've done something that we have not seen in the history of the Super Bowl. And certainly since the likes of the days of the New York Yankees and their dominance in the 1930s and 1950s. Also, looking at the Golden State Warriors, what they're doing now. The New York Islanders of the early 1980s. The Montreal Canadiens, one of their dynasties that they've had in route to their 24 championships they've won. The Patriots are up on that level now. They deserve a ton of credit. And you're looking at a team that obviously is five in five in the Super Bowl. They have a chance to have either a winning record in the Super Bowl or a losing record in the Super Bowl after this one. They lost, of course, in 1985 to the Chicago Bears. About 10 years or so later, they lost under Coach Bill Parcells. They're five and three under Belichick and Brady. Is a team that started out one of the original AFL teams in 1960. They were called the Boston Patriots from 1960 to 1970. They were called the Bay State Patriots in 1971. They've been known as the New England Patriots since 1972. Now the Rams are an interesting story because they go back to the days of the NFL. They were one and two in the Super Bowl, just like I said, winning in 1999. They're two and two in NFL championship games. So they've won two NFL championships in 1945 and 1951. They started out as the Cleveland Rams from 1936 to 1942 and 1944 and 1945. They suspended operations for the 1943 season. They ended up moving to LA in 1946 where they remained until 1994. They moved back to LA in 2016 where they are now. They spent the years of 1995 to 2015 in St. Louis. They made the playoffs 29 times. Just a reminder that Cashel provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. But I gotta be honest, I've been chomping at the bit to get back on the air. Battling the stupid cold, and I decided as soon as I was going to be well enough, I was going to go out there and do it. And here I am today, playing hurt. The NFL announced their Hall of Fame class, new group, um, a couple non surprises. 
Tony Gonzalez and Reed certainly expected to be Hall of Famers. Uh, I'm going to talk about one little issue I had. You know, Gil Brandt, Pat Boland, Johnny Robinson, Kevin Mawai, Ty Law, Champ Kelly, and your Hall of Fame class. Two coaches that were left off and I thought should have been considered in what I looked at as a weak Hall of Fame class in the NFL this year are Don Coryell and Tom Flores. I spent a while talking about Don Coryell and the innovation of his offense, which really is a lot of what you see today. Obviously, Mouse Davis and a run and shoot, and you can certainly trace different variations of it for the likes of, let's say, what an Andy Reid does right now. But it really all started because of Don Coryell and the San Diego Chargers. And here's a guy that, as an innovator, as a pioneer, belongs in the sports hall of fame. Was not a dominant coach, never won himself a championship or a Super Bowl. But what he's meant to the game is really the equivalent of what some other innovators and pioneers have done. Tom Flores, two Super Bowl champions with the Oakland Raiders. I believe any coach that has coached a team with two Super Bowls belongs in its Hall of Fame. And I also believe that managers of Major League Baseball, coaches in the NBA, coaches in the NHL that have led their team to two or more championships should be considered for the Hall of Fame. I'm wondering with Tom Flores what is holding him out. And I look at this particular class, which I thought was pretty weak. Reed and Gonzalez, no doubt, are Hall of Famers. Champ Bailey, Ty Law, very few people are going to argue. Pat Bowen, he's you know got Alzheimer's. He's in a rough shape right now. It'd be nice to see him get in before he passes away. Gil Brandt, contributor. Johnny Robinson, member of the senior committee. I thought the NFL could have used this opportunity for Corey Allen Flores. And last thing I'm going to bring up, make it real quick, Super Bowl preview. This will be the one part of the show that won't be so time contingent after uh, after the fact. So the majority of the show today will talk about stuff that you know is not time sensitive. This will be the one part that is. You want to know my honest opinion? The Patriots, the Rams. It doesn't matter what team is home or away. It's obviously in Atlanta. Technically, the Rams are the home team. If this game happens to be close and goes to a sudden death in overtime. The Patriots will have the coin, the choice of the coin going heads or tails. The line is two and a half. And I got to go with my gut, what I've been feeling all along. But I'm going to preface this by saying that I haven't been very good when it comes to the Super Bowls. My Super Bowl picks have been off. I had the Patriots winning last year. I had the Falcons winning the year before. So I, my, my thought... Going Patriots, give me two and a half New England. I think they can win by three or more. And honestly, this is a game that you're either picking one or the other. You're not going to pick the Rams because of the points because you think they'll win by two or one. You're picking the Rams because you believe in the Rams. So give me New England minus two and a half against the Rams at Atlanta. Quick recap of the past ball show. And I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today as I'm playing hurt. Manning up and saying, listen, I wanted to do a show all week. I've been held back because of this little 
problem I got with my voice and my throat. And I'm just glad to be with you. Kristaps Porzegas, the trade from the Knicks to the Mavericks, I think could turn out to be a very good one. Obviously, the cap space that is involved with it. They could sign two max players. They're going to have a top three pick. They got a chance to turn their franchise around. But the one thing that really pisses me off is when people look at Madison Square Garden as the mecca, the place where everybody goes. And they say that Knicks fans are the most passionate in the world. Madison Square Garden is filled every single game that the New York Knicks play. You know why? Not because there's passionate fans that want to see one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. They, there's corporations that basically own that place. There's corporations that buy tickets and in some cases don't use the tickets because the Knicks are so bad. So this thought that because New York City is what a lot of New York fans believe it is, that New York deserves a good basketball team. They may want to go over to Brooklyn and watch what the Nets are doing right now. Brought some Super Bowl facts. The 1-2 and two Rams against the 5-5 five and five Patriots. If you want to factor in NFL championship games, the Rams are 3-4 and four in championship games. The Cleveland Rams, LA Rams, St. Louis Rams, Boston Patriots, State Patriots, and New England Patriots. Um, Don Coriel, Tom Flores, I think the biggest omissions from the Pro Football Hall of Fame class. And my big game, big game prediction, I'll have it up on JohnPLA.com for you. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.